The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story, Living with Lupus Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Thursday, August 19th, 2021. At the age of 22, Our guest had five strokes. She found herself fighting for her life. Paralyzed on the left side, she received a life-changing diagnosis. Up next, Heather Rendulik is here to tell her story of living with cavernous angioma. So, you know what I want you to do, all the way from the United States to Ecuador. Get ready to grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to my listeners, late at night. Now, you know I appreciate you, so get ready to grab your favorite glass of wine and come on and join the conversation right here on my story living with lupus podcast at the age of 22 Our next guest experienced five strokes and was diagnosed with carvinous angioma. Her faith, along with her will to fight, remained strong. I'm so happy to welcome Heather Renduli to tell her story on My Story Living with Lupus podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. Heather, tell the audience, our listening audience, a little bit about yourself. Oh, great. So I'm currently 31 years old. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I Most of my, dated, my 9 to 5 job, I work in human resources for a nonprofit. Um, I've been born and raised in the Pittsburgh area. And like you just so 
mentioned in my introduction, when I was in my early 20s and in college, I had a stroke randomly and was diagnosed with a some pretty rare brain condition called cavernous angioma. Um, and this condition is basically a tumor um, made up of blood vessels is kind of the easiest way to describe it. And it's really weak blood vessels that can rupture or leak blood into the brain or spinal cord. And mine was in my brain and it was leaking blood into my brain. Uh, the only known cure for this condition is brain surgery to remove the lesion. However, mine was so deep in my brain, the doctors considered it inoperable and told me that there's no treatment for it right now. They are trying to research um, treatments for this condition, but at my time of diagnosis, there was no treatment. And to just kind of live my life as best I could and hope it didn't bleed again. But as you also mentioned, it did bleed again. It bled four more times in the next 11 months. Uh, the fifth and final one caused a massive stroke. Um, actually happened in my sleep. And I woke up and I was completely paralyzed on the left side of my body. Um, at that point, they did do the brain surgery because how aggressive my lesion was, they were afraid it was going to kill me. Um, so I had a nine hour craniotomy and then I woke up and started the, one of the toughest battles of my life, which was relearning how to walk and, you know, live my life as a stroke victim at a very young age. And I did just that. I set out and I did it and I'm here today, almost nine years later. And I, you know, graduated from college with honors. I started a career in human resources. I actually just published my first book about my journey and I'm starting a motivational speaking career as well as a coaching business to help other people going through hard times. Heather, let me ask you this. Out of everything you have gone through at the early age of 22, how did your parents have the strength to deal with everything that was going on with their child? So um, what's really interesting is my parents actually helped me write the book. Um, it's called Headstrong Through Life, Love, and Brain Surgery. And they write a couple paragraphs at the end of each chapter giving their perspective. Now, they are an incredibly strong people and I had an amazing support system but they talk about how hard it was watching a child go through that um, but I do have to give all the credit to our faith and God um, you know he got us through some of the darkest moments and you know we had hope that he was in control and but it wasn't easy so they are very strong and um, they talk about it in more depth in the book now, um, with a massive stroke and the, um, being paralyzed, how long did it take you to um, learn how to walk again and in some cases talk again? Yes, so my speech was affected slightly. I had a little bit of slurred speech, but um, my main thing was I was 
completely paralyzed. I was in a wheelchair. It did take me almost a year um, to walk again unassisted. So I slowly started, um, I was in an inpatient rehabilitation center for a while and we started, you know, just trying to move certain muscles again and have the brain try and rewire itself. Um, and I, you know, then slowly graduated to walking with a cane and then an orthotic, like a brace that helped. Um, and then I even had a couple surgeries after to help me walk even better because some of my tendons and my foot and my leg had gotten so short from being incapacitated that, you know, I had to have um, a tendon lengthening procedure done that helped me walk better. But, um, and I still, you know, I'm walking today. I still, I have a bit of a, a limp, you know, that some people right. notice. Um, but I don't care. I'm just so happy that I'm walking. So. Now, your condition, did they state that it was from birth or they just didn't know? while all of yes. a sudden so they believe cavernous angioma they believe that um you're born with it it happens while you're developing in the womb it's a genetic mutation um i did have my lesion genetically tested after it was removed during the brain surgery because there are two types of this disease one is the sporadic meaning it just is bad luck i guess or just random um, and then there's a genetic form of it, which would mean that, you know, I could potentially pass this on to my children. Um, but we had no prior family history of it, so I didn't suspect that, but I wanted to be sure. And the genetic test did show that mine was the sporadic kind, meaning that I just had a genetic mutation. It was just kind of, uh, they said it's like lightning striking twice in one place, so... Um, it was kind of just a freak thing that happened while I was in the womb. I never, growing up, I never had any headaches or migraines or anything. I had no idea that I had this until I was, you know, 22 and it bled and, you know, that's when we, we it made its entrance, I guess. <laughs> so you started having your, your signs and symptoms at the age of 22. Yes, it. Um, I remember like it was yesterday, the first bleed. Um, I ended up getting some like pins and needles, like tingling sensation on my left side. And I had a, a little bit of a vision change, like double vision. And I just felt like something was wrong. Like, you know, I think our bodies tell us um, when something's off. And I just had this feeling that something was wrong and I went to the emergency room they did a CT scan and saw that I had some blood in my brain and that's when they freaked out because I'm so young and what's causing this and then they ran a whole bunch of other tests and that's how they found the cavernous angioma. Well most people that have had um, five aneurysms are not here to tell their story, and I commend you. Um, they say, I can, this is the best way I can put it, they say, God will turn your, your test into your testimony. And this is your testimony. You never um, 
gave up on your faith. And I think that's one thing with anyone who goes through a chronic illness. You have to have a strong faith knowing that you're going to make it out of that situation. And he, when I, in between, you know, during that 11-month period, and I talk about this in the book, I, you know, I struggle with my faith because I'm human and... I felt like my he wasn't answering my prayers, and you know, and I like to tell this story, um, especially uh, for people going through hard times. But I, you know, we were praying after my initial brain hemorrhage and diagnosis. We were praying, you know, no more bleeding, no more bleeding, because that's like what we thought would be the best thing. You know, we don't want it to bleed anymore, and. It kept happening, you know, like once every couple months I was in the hospital again with another brain hemorrhage and, you know, I was feeling so hopeless and I was mad at God because I said, like, why is he not listening? Like, does he not care about me? Like, why is he answering my prayers? Well, turns out after my brain surgery to remove the lesion, my neurosurgeon came into my ICU room and he, my family was all around me and we were talking about the procedure and how well it went. And he said that because of those five brain bleeds that I had, it, the lesion had moved to a little bit easier of a surface for him to reach in my brain to prevent permanent damage. So God he had a better plan than I even knew to ask for. And it was such a blessing that he wasn't listening to me and my little prayers to asking for it to stop bleeding. He actually had something even better in mind to just get rid of the lesion, you know, a hundred percent. So I never have to worry about it for the rest of my life. And what a miracle. I mean, and like you said, a miracle that I'm here, I am cognitively able to work and, you know, all that, like, I am so blessed. I, and that's why I'm on a mission to share my message to help people because I know that's why he kept me here. One thing I know the listeners really want to know is how did you take control of an uncontrollable situation? And what would you say to others? So, Bad things happen to everybody. Unfortunately, it's part of life. It's part of us living in this world. And we can't control what happens to us. But what we can control is how we react to those situations. So I decided to develop the mindset during um, my struggles with my health that I couldn't control what my brain was doing or if it was bleeding or not bleeding. But what I could control is my reaction to my situation. So was I going to let it, you know, succumb me? Was I going to let it overwhelm me and I become bitter and, um, you know, a recluse? I don't know. But I I did not want to do that. I wanted to make the best of my situation um, because I didn't know what tomorrow held. But what I did know is what I could do today. So I would focus on eating healthy because that's something I could do to prevent other problems in my mm-hmm. health. Um, you know, exercise. I mean, it wasn't going to help my brain per se with this condition, but it would help me as the general well-being, and it helps your emotional state. 
Um, and now, you know, I'm still disabled. I still don't have use of my left hand. I, I, like I said, I'm very blessed and I'm not here to complain because I am so fortunate, but it is a struggle every day. I mean, you'd be surprised how many things you need two hands to do. Um, but I choose each day to be thankful for where, how far I've come, where it could have led that I'm here, I'm breathing, you know, so those are the things we can control is our reactions, our mindset, our perspective, and then how we use those situations to help others. Um, what are you doing now? Do you have a business? Yes. So I started uh, my business. It's called Faith Not Fear LLC. Um, you can check out my website, which I had created for my book, but now has turned into uh, my business page. But it's heatherheadstrong.com. And like I said, my book is called Headstrong Through Life, Love, and Brain Surgery. But I am doing motivational speaking. I'm doing it virtually and in person for churches, organizations. But I also just launched a coaching program, and it's called Becoming Headstrong with Heather. And this program, we can do anywhere from a month to three months to six months to a year. Um, and it includes one-on-one -on -one sessions with myself, and I help people overcome challenges in their life and give them tips and tools they can use that I've used over the years and just helping them become more confident and more headstrong. Well, could you give us just a little bit of the tips and tools that you have used over to, over the years? Yes, so I already talked about the, one of the main ones, which is your mindset, like I talked about just a minute ago about how to control an uncontrollable situation and our reactions the things that happen to us, um, putting them into perspective and, you know, thinking, okay, what can I do today? You know, and I also, I like to tell people about goals. So like when I was paralyzed and, um, in a wheelchair, my goal was to learn how to walk again. Now, nobody could tell me if that was ever going to happen for sure, but I had a goal to do it. So what I would do to keep myself motivated when we have a really big goal that might take a while is I would set smaller goals, like on a daily basis even, or weekly basis of, you know, in my situation, I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, after physical therapy today, I'm going to do three laps with my cane around my first floor of my house just because the more I do these exercises, the better it's going to help my brain to rewire itself so I can walk on my own. And I would do that. And then maybe the next week I would say, okay, I'm going to do 10 laps or, and I would up it. But that also then you stay motivated because you're making your goal more realistic. You're, you know, breaking it into smaller, more achievable goals and it gets you closer to the end goal. But I want the listeners to know that no matter what you're facing, no matter how big and scary and dark it is, that to just take it a day at a time, you know, sometimes I think we get too ahead of ourselves, and I don't know if anyone's like me who's a big planner, 
but I'm guilty of this. You know, I start stressing or worrying about stuff that may or may not happen, you know, six months or a year from now. And, you know, we just, we don't have control over those things. We need to focus on what can we do today to better ourselves and better the world we live in. And if you have a faith in God, rely on him, cast all your troubles on him and just, just know that even when all we see is the cross, he, he sees the empty tomb and to just have faith and just keep just one day at a time, keep going. You, you've made it through a hundred percent of your worst days. Now, if someone is interested, um, in receiving, um, coaching, how would they get in contact with you? My email is the best way to reach me, uh, Heather at heatherheadstrong.com. And, or I'll even, you know, if somebody wants to call or text me, 412-592-3086. I'm happy to help um, people in any way. Could you repeat that number once again for our audience? Oh. Yes, 412-592-3086. All right, and you're, you gave your website information also for, for them to yes. register. Now, it, I'm sorry, let me ask this question. Is it free to register? Yes, it's free. I have a weekly blog, which you can register, subscribe to through my website, um, my weekly blog do often contain a lot of tips I have to help people. Um, you can read the blogs I've already posted on my website. That's all free. Um, and then there is a contact form on my website, too. If somebody wants to get in touch with me, that goes straight to my inbox. But it's, my website, again, is heatherheadstrong.com. Heather, I thank you so much for joining us today and telling your inspirational story. Oh, well, thank you, Susan, for having me. It's a great opportunity and a blessing. Hold on one minute, Heather. you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. We all know what time it is for me. I would like to thank Heather Rendulik for such an amazing story of hope, courage, and the will to fight. But as usual, before I go um, just to remind you that 
on August 30th, I will be having a biopsy performed um, to rule out cancer of the neck. Also, excuse my voice. And I want to leave you with this. Someday, everything will make perfect sense. So for now, laugh at the confusion, smile through the tears, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. But most importantly, remember that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'll see you next time for another episode of my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. Have a most blessed, positive, and safe weekend.